1-877-8 Silver Online to guildhallwealth.com. Make sure if you're investing using an RSP account, which we'll give you more details on a little later in the show, uh, that for every $5,000 US invested in said account, you will get a gram of gold, uh, courtesy of Guildhall. Fellas, lots to get through today. Darren, Jeremy, Paul, you guys are all here ready to, uh, to rock the party. So who's going to start? Darren, you're right up by your mic. You look eager. I'm eager. I'm always eager, John. I'm ready to go when it comes to gold and silver. But again, we always like to start the show off with something simple. There is a year to date on both gold and silver, and that is on silver, 26.5%, and uh, gold still holding 19, just below 20%. So year to date, both commodities doing very well. And as we come into this uh, last week of October, We're excited for what November and December hold. This is the time of year where we are going to start talking a lot about registered accounts, how people hold RRSPs, uh, TFSAs, RESPs, Liras, all kinds of registered accounts and how they get bullying into those accounts. There's a lot of myths about how to do it and what can be done and what can't, whether it's uh, locked or straight ahead counts, whether it's a spousal RSP or a straight ahead RSP, these are all clear counts that are eligible to hold bullion. So we're going to get to those through the show. And right off the top here from Zero Hedge this week, I looked at this article and I I thought, you know, is our listeners giving the message, do we need to say more about what's happening in the U.S.? I think most people understand right now that things are not rosy, number one. Uh, Last night I watched the CBC and they were on the national talking about the real estate markets and how the uh, Canadian Mortgage and Housing uh, Company put red flags on nine different markets in Canada, including Toronto and Vancouver, of course, the two fastest growing ones, and yellow flags indicating close to uh, urgent problems uh, in numerous other locations. And those nine flags that are red are indicative of what we've been discussing about as far as real estate is concerned. It's great to own something like real estate, and it's made a ton of value. But as the show progresses today, we'll talk about reasons you might want to diversify into gold and silver. I'll start with an article from Zero Hedge. It's called Recession Risk is Rising Fast. Deutsche Bank warns outlook remains fragile. And this was released on the 27th. We're taping on the 27th today on Thursday. And it says, and I quote in the first couple of sentences, while some measures of the U.S. labor market look rosy, one indicator is flashing signs of fragility. And as Bloomberg notes, it's an important one too. The Federal Reserve's Labor Market Conditions Index, after falling just three times from 2012 to 2015, the index has fallen every month of 2016 except for one, which was July. And in July, the annual change in the LMCI from July 2015 turned negative. So what it is telling us is that of one of the best indications we have of the strength of an economy, which is its job force, Mm -hmm. we are seeing one of the strongest indicators turn negative now for quite some time. And as we progress through the show, we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening, including core durable goods orders. And and this is in a non-recessionary, according to banks, according to analysts, this is in a non-recessionary period, John. So again, these are all reasons why as an investor, I want to have diversification in my portfolio. It's great that I've listened and taken the advice of the people I trust around me. And it's great that I have my mutual funds all bulked up. As a Canadian, most people don't know where their money is. So if I was to ask you exactly where you put it and what markets that mutual fund holds or is in, you probably wouldn't be able to give me an answer. And you know that's scary. But We do trust the people we work with, and of course, if you're listening to this show, you're listening because you're tuned in to what gold and silver can do for your portfolio. So if you look at what we're telling you, we're just giving you some indications about what the largest economy in the world is doing. That's only the eighth time in nearly 40 years that that labor index was down on a year-over-year basis. And if you look at it from the broad perspective, that's a key indication of where we're heading. I don't like saying the word recession. I don't want to be in a recession. My own money suffers when we get into a recession. But one of the key ingredients of protecting myself in that recession has been my ownership of both gold and silver. And as we'll discuss later in the show, natural fancy colored diamonds. These have been mechanisms I have used to ensure my portfolio, as have the other fellows here on the panel. One eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. What do you think, Jeremy? 
Well, we're, we are still seeing a lot of myths being talked about, um, whether amongst advisors or just general ideas on gold. And what we want to do really today is focus on that and try to uh, break down some of those myths. Um, in, this, in the next segment, we're going to talk about an article that was published in, in the Globe and Mail called Why Buying and Storing Gold at Home is Not a Good Idea. And some things in the article make sense and other things do not. Um, but specifically speaking, I, I want to look at volatility in both precious metals because that's one of the first things that people will look at to say, I don't want to own precious metals because of the volatility, or it's something that um, people will, will say to dissuade people from owning precious metals. And it's true, short-term precious metals can be volatile. They can move up and down. Uh, it's a natural occurrence in, in a many markets. But at the end of the day, if you look at a longer-term chart of gold and silver, you see that things have moved up nicely. And one in particular I want to look at is is how gold has performed since 1971, which is when they lifted the gold standard and gold was let alone to float in the market on its own. How is it how is it uh, performed? Well, in 1971, the price of gold was $35 an ounce. Nice in U.S. dollars. Today it's trading around 1250 a little over that. We've been as high as uh, 1350 recently. Now if we look at the actual gain on that, that is actually 3471 percent since 1971. Now that's a that's a, a norm that's a, a, a person's lifespan for investing. 45 years we've seen again, why am I picking that 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 time? Because that's when gold was lifted from the gold standard. It was left to float, and that's where money printing could could happen without gold at all. And so we've seen that recently, again, that would work out to 77% a year. Now, Paul always talks about, well, if you take $10,000 and put it in a, in a coffee can, yep. what, what would happen uh, if you did that 10 years ago? Well, let's look at that over a 45-year period in this sense. $10,000 in 1971 would have purchased you 285 ounces of gold. Now, $10,000 was a lot at that time, but again, 285 ounces of gold. Today, that 285 ounces of gold is worth $357,142. So I think anyone who is looking to hold gold as part of a long-term portfolio, as part of the bedrock of their portfolio, and they actually take their advisor's advice long-term. Think long-term. That's, that's what we always hear from people on the mainstream media, people in, in advisory positions. They say, nope, you have to think of this long-term. You've got to be in it for the long-term. And if you hold gold for the long-term, you'll do very, very well. Now, I'll take myself as an example. I bought gold at $1,900. I did. I absolutely did. But you know what? I also bought gold 10 years ago when it was around 470 550 right. and I bought all the way up. So how many ounces of gold, you know, if I'm buying on a regular basis, am I really concerned about the one or two years where I bought it at the top? So that's that's where people get confused, this idea that, well, you know, it, it topped out already or it's volatile. Well, look, there was a very small window in which anyone could have bought it at the all-time high of $1,900 right. an ounce U.S. And the question that has to be asked is, why did people buy it at 1900 They saw it at twelve, They saw it at 800 They saw it at 1500 What made them buy it at 1900 Now, I can say for me... I bought it at 1900 because it was just part of my regular purchases. Yep. I'm always looking to accumulate. And also at that time, and I'll be perfectly frank with the audience, it was also because that was when most people were jumping into the market. For most people, seeing is believing. So I was doing quite well. So I was more than happy to put a portion of my salary into, into gold at that time. And again, I haven't lost as a result because I bought all the way along. And so I'm very much up on all of my precious metals investments. The reason why, you have to be in it long term. You buy on a regular basis. And again, just look at these types of returns. 77% a year since 1971. That's incredible. You can go on to guildhallpreciousmetals.com mm -hmm. and purchase physical gold, physical silver at your convenience. We ship it directly to you or you can pick it up by appointment at our offices. 
One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com, Paul. Interesting uh, fact, though, though Jeremy said he paid $1,900 for gold. In Canadian dollars today, gold is trading just over $1,700. Um, if you bought gold two, three years ago and you bought it at $1,300, $1,400 an ounce, you've done extremely well. You've made 34% on currency. And this is one of the things that gold and silver does for you. It protects your capital. You know, it's not so long ago, two years ago, the Canadian dollar was par. How can something go from par to 34%? Mm. Uh, you wonder, uh, because people say, well, we can't compete with trade. We need a you know a lower dollar so that we can compete. In between that, we're paying more for imports. You know, most of the fruit and vegetables coming up now is grown in California, Mexico, South American countries, and we're going to pay 34% more for that product than we did two years ago, maybe 17 18% more than last year. That causes inflation. This is why you should own gold and silver and a natural fancy colored diamond in your portfolio. It's a hedge. It's an insurance policy. You have life insurance. You have home insurance, car insurance. How do you insure your capital? And the best way to do that is by owning gold, silver, and a natural fancy colored diamond. Now, as Jeremy said, you can go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Go to our e-store. You can order silver, gold. Uh, we have a promotion on uh, this month. Uh, actually, this month and next month, when you buy 100 ounces of silver, doesn't matter whether it's a 100-ounce bar, whether you buy uh, 100 maples, whether you buy 10 10-ounce 10 bars of silver, you're going to get a 1-ounce silver maple free for just participating to go onto the, our e-store and sign up. It's very easy. You want to take it home, take it home. If you want to put it into our depository, which is safe, secure, allocated, segregated, you can do that. The cost is so, so small. It's, you know, less than one. It's just about one-tenth of one percent a month to insure your product. It's insured with Lloyd's of London. Um, it costs you more than that on your home insurance, and you're putting your family at risk for home invasion if you're keeping product at home, whether it's, uh, you know, in the basement, under the mattress, buried somewhere in the house, someone's going to find it. Personally, I don't keep a nickel of, you know, not even an ounce of silver or gold at home. You know, it's not necessary when you can store it and keep it at a very, very low cost. The other thing where you can put your money into is gold and silver in an RSP, TFSA, in any one of the Lira, any one of the registered retirement plans. We partner with Quest Trade. They're the custodian of the product. What we do is set it up. We help you with the paperwork. We hold your hand through the whole process. It's very, very easy. And if you put $5,000 US into one of these accounts, a registered account, we're going to give you a gram of gold as well, completely free of charge. So that's just a little bit of encouragement to get in. And as Jeremy said earlier about owning gold, and we've got something in the Global Mail we're going to go over in the next segment or two. But in the RSPs and TFSAs, we don't, give our clients our opinion whether they should buy gold or silver. And I'm noticing that more clients are buying gold today than they're buying silver. They are happy to own gold in an RSP to have, to hold it, touch it, you own it, to be able to put it into an RSP and wait it out. You know, when you put your money into an RSP, it's for your retirement. It's not day trading. So Take our advice here. Go to our website, Precious GuildhallPreciousMetals.com. Buy a little bit of gold or silver, get started, or go and look for some information from us on putting into a registered plan. Start investing right now. The number one eight seven seven eight silver GuildhallWealth.com. Lots more of the Real Money Show is coming right up on Talk Radio AM six forty. One eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. Make sure to pick up the investor kit, the precious metal advisor, uh, advisor rather that weekly you should be reading every week to get. Uh, Brushed up on your education when it comes to holding physical metals. Uh, you mentioned a, an article uh, in the last segment, Jeremy. Why don't we get to that? Yeah. Yes. So there was an article that uh, recently came out uh, in the Globe and Mail. And it said, why buying and storing gold at home is not a great idea. Now, it's interesting because that's something that we would say on our yeah. show. Except that the the angle on this is a little different. And it really highlights a lot of myths out there when it comes to holding gold and silver as part of, port, a part of a portfolio. 
And uh, it's interesting, just as I was reading this article and I, I turned to Darren and I said, Darren, you got to read this. Look, look at this. And he said, look at the comments at the bottom. Apparently, Darren had already read the article and made comments, which nice. is fantastic. Um, you know, look, the Globe and Mail, if they're looking for gold and silver experts, they should consider giving us a call to get some uh, feedback on that and get some additional information. So just getting into this article, it says that uh, you know their investors can purchase gold exchange traded funds and buy stocks in gold and mining companies. That's essentially where this article is headed. It's saying that ho- holding physical gold is just not a good idea. But it's saying that gold bullion has been a popular investment for Canadians feeling deeply anxious about the perform about the performance of their economy, particularly during periods of turmoil. Think the immediate aftermath of 9-11 or the Great Recession of 2008-2009. Well, I couldn't agree more with this article on that point. We see people coming to us wanting to invest in physical precious metals because they don't like what they're seeing in the economy. They don't like what they're seeing in financial markets. They're unnerved by it. They don't trust it. And when it comes to holding physical precious metals, there's zero counterparty risk and that gold is held outside of the banking system, which means your value, the money that you've earned and created, that wealth you've created through energy, through production, is now stored safely in a precious metal that has been a store of wealth for thousands of years. Now, uh, a partner with a, a, a wealth management firm uh, is quoted as saying, it's not an investment per se, Um, Usually when you invest in something, you hope it will increase in value over time in some predictable way. But when you have an ounce of gold and put it away, you still just have an ounce of gold. There's no such thing as compound growth with physical gold. Okay, I agree and disagree with a couple of things here. So let's talk about that point predictable way. This is where the myth is buying gold or silver is speculation. Is it speculation? The reason why people are buying gold and silver is because they look at the increasing debts. They look at the lack of growth. They look at the corruption in in financial markets and banking. Uh, They see that no one's gone to jail from 2008, and they start to wonder, how safe is my money? Is it really speculation to say I don't want to be a part of that or at least have some of my portfolio um, insured? Because I can't buy insurance after the fire. So in terms of predictability, I think people are looking at it and saying, well, no, the world isn't necessarily predictable, but definitely governments are taking the easy way out and producing debt. And who's going to eventually pay off that debt? Is it really going to be the government or is the government going to come after me to get that debt? And so you can see people starting to distrust. And again, when it comes to predictability, they're saying, Perhaps it's pessimistic to say, well, I don't think things are going to work out uh, in a rose-colored glass kind of way. Just to interrupt you there a second, Jeremy. Why are central bankers plus buyers of gold if it's it's a terrible investment? Exactly. Exactly. Well, that has more to do with the probably the fact that the debts are going to be... Um, defaulted on and that eventually gold being a tier one asset is going to be very integral to international trade. So I just want to go on to um, what is quoted here uh, where it's talking about um, the the predictable way of gold, but then the idea that if you have an ounce of gold and you put it away, you still just have an ounce of gold. Okay. If I buy a stock and it goes to, and it drops in half, I still just have that stock. So I don't, I, I agree with the, the, the point that it is just an ounce of gold, but over time, it matches the, mo- the money supply. And if you print more money, that means the cost of goods and services are going to go up and gold and silver are just a benefit of that. There's a reason why coffee cost 35 cents for a cup at one point, and now it costs over $2. And again, I look at what has happened since gold was lifted off the standard in 1971, in in U.S. dollars, it's increased three, 3,471%. That is a barometer of how well the U.S. dollar has done since they started creating money out of thin air. one silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Darren, what say you? 
Well, I did comment on this article, and I hope the Globe and Mail does take note of that because I do feel that it's important to debunk certain aspects of things that are simply not true. And what I wanted to say first, and I'll read my comments verbatim, is that they're talking about the long-term value and they're making certain concepts about gold, uh, certainly through the article that I would agree with in some cases are correct. And I said, whilst your article does make some pertinent points, nowhere does it discuss the recent track record of gold. In fact, since 2002, it is a fact that gold has risen from January 1st of 2002 at approximately $278 per ounce U.S., to its current price of 1,266 per ounce, that's today, and that is a rise of just over 355% in 14 years. That's an average of 25% per year. Nice. Yeah, that's great. But let's compare it against their fantastic stock markets that they talk about being predictable and giving you know fairly decent, consistent, predictable moves. Well, let's do that against the Dow 30 in the same time frame. The Dow 30s moved from approximately 10,000 to 18,175 or about 81% higher in that same 14 years, averaging a paltry and not even comparable 5.83% per year. Gold's up 25% per year, mm-hmm. but it's not predictable. You can't live in it. You can't eat it, but it's protected your wealth. And an ounce is just an ounce. And an ounce is just an ounce. And in addition to that, if you compare it right here at home to our good old Canadian TSX, well, the TSX, the TSX did perform better in that same time frame. In fact, it went from around 7,000 to approximately 14,860 today, which is a 112% gain or just slightly better at 8% per year. The funny thing is, Jeremy was just talking about what is an ounce of gold versus a stock. This is the most interesting thing yesterday. Davis and Henderson, biggest printers of checks. Right. Checks. Everybody has checks. Yeah. Stock yesterday was $28.70, dropped $12.45 in one fatal swoop. That's a 43% drop. Gold doesn't drop 43% in one shot. So gold in the long run always goes up. Even today, you've got people diving for Spanish galleons from the 16th and 17th century looking for the gold and silver. Battleships in the English Channel that went down in World War II had banknotes that were delivering to the armies. You don't see anybody diving for banknotes. They're worthless. Gold is still an asset. It's a hard asset. It doesn't matter. I don't know who this guy who wrote in the Globe and Mail. I remember about 10, 15 years ago, I rang up the Globe and Mail because some 22-year-old wrote some article about gold and silver who was just out of university that didn't know d- And I have to say that. Didn't know d***. one silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Darren. Well, after that little uh, pause, <laughs> we I do want to refute one more point about that article from the Globe and Mail. Quite clearly, they were talking about a very long-term horizon for uh, gold in its comparison to various financial markets the world over from some 200 years or so of data. But what I'd like to point out is if we just look back to when they used to make coinage with silver in it, there's another example to be made, and I put this right in the feedbacks. If you want to go see the article, you can read it yourself. My comments are right there. They're the only two there right now. And I put, in addition to the last comment about gold, I also looked historically at the price of inflation on the value of currency versus something like silver bullion. If you look at the last year of coinage with silver in them, which I believe was about 1967, here's what you could buy with roughly 60 cents. Two quarts of milk or one pound of butter, one dozen eggs or over one gallon of gas. If you fast forward to 2016, what does 60 cents buy you now? Buys you a phone call, a piece of candy, a stamp, basically nothing. It has very minimal value. In this day and age, the comment I want to make is that if you were to melt those 67, 1967 dimes, six of them, they'd be worth at today's price. The silver in those three dime, in those six dimes would be worth about $8.31 Canadian. Oh. That still buys me all of the above things and much more. Through recession, boom, stagflation, inflation, contraction, expansion, and nowhere near its most recent highs of $49 an ounce in 2011, silver held its value 
just like gold. So when somebody comes along and tries to possibly just create this audience uh, impression that gold is a useless relic, well, like Paul said in the last segment, why on earth would central banks around the world own this asset? What are they thinking that this is going to do for them? Are they thinking that if currency was to dive bomb tomorrow, that they would have protection? You know what? They are. And it's why they own gold. And it's why you as a shit investor should follow suit and own gold. Darren, Terminator. Love it. And, you know, Greenspan said that in the absence of the gold standard, there's no way to protect savings from confiscation through inflation. There is no safe store of value except gold. So uh, that just, you know, we're looking at, at busting some myths here, um, debate night in Canada. And uh, <laughs> now there was also another article uh, called How Much Cash is Too, mu- is too Much?, and this article was basically also in the Globe and Mail talking about, well, how much cash should someone have in their portfolio? Right. And again, they're using sort of half-truths to connect it back with investment, saying, you know, if you held cash in your portfolio because for rainy day purposes in your investments and the markets stop, start going down, it's tough psychologically to buy on the down. And you probably are thinking about a lot more things than buying on the downturn anyway. So essentially, why hold cash? Which is silly because the whole point of that is if you were holding a significant amount of cash, you have a lot less to worry about because your cash isn't losing value with the rest. Although they make the argument later in that article. And again, this article is called How Much Cash is Too Much in Your Portfolio? The point that's interesting, though, is this idea and concept that cash is correlated to stocks and you could have an event where if one is going down, the other one's going down as well. Holding gold as part of the cash component, they do say that gold is a form of cash in a way in the fact that it's a store of value, it's incredibly liquid, and uh, you have access to it at any given time. So it, the idea of having gold as an alternative to cash is something that, uh, that we think people should consider. It's our opinion because we feel, again, looking at all the great returns in, in precious metals over the last 10 years and over the last 45 years, it is an inflation head, hedge. It is protection. It is insurance. Of course, you can't buy insurance after the fire. However, a lot of people are going to watch gold and silver move up significantly before they decide to make that decision. Well, what we're encouraging people to do is to get involved today or at least start to learn about it. Get get on get subscribed to the Precious Metal Advisor and start reading some articles that are gold focused and silver focused and give you the other side of the argument that you would otherwise see in the mainstream media. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Lots more of the show coming up. When we come back after a diamond segment, we'll get heavily into the RSPs and registered accounts and buying uh, online as well. Lots more of the Real Money Show coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. 1-877-8-SILVER online to guildhallwealth.com. Or if you want to check out the collection of natural fancy color diamonds or beauties, guildhalldiamonds.com as well. Paul, this really is uh, your baby. I know you love this uh, this part of the show. We certainly do, and we're really excited. Um, you know, over the last couple of shows, I told you we won a diamond at the Argyle Tender. We're expecting delivery uh, actually early next week from uh, the Rio Tinto mine, the Argyle mine in Perth, Australia. Um, you know, when we get the diamond, it comes with a, an unbelievable uh, book. It's a coloured book. It's a coffee table book, and it shows every single diamond that was in the Argyle Tender, and you know, it's really exciting to, to go through the tender once again and look at these amazing diamonds. Um, as I said in, in the previous shows, two years ago, three years ago, we bid on diamonds at the Argyle tender, 35 and 40% more than we did the year before, and we weren't able to be successful in purchasing a diamond. Uh, this year, we bid pretty high, and we had our eyes set on this beautiful 055 Deep pink VVS1 diamond. It's a 2P, which means the color is absolutely incredible. Um, we just, you know, we're just taken away by this diamond. But what the Argyle Tender does, it then starts bringing into play other diamonds, Argyle diamonds that are out there in the marketplace. And what this normally does, it increases the prices as much as 30 and 40 percent of the current value of diamonds. And with the mine closing in the very near future, this is going to put the price of 
I'll go diamonds. In my opinion and the opinion of uh, most of the diamond tears out there, at, at an incredible, incredible rate. If you go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com, you're going to see a collection of pink VS quality diamonds. They are an incredible, incredible diamond with, when it comes to VS, most pink diamonds come in SI I1, which means you can actually see the inclusions with a naked eye. When we buy VS, it means the only way you can actually find the inclusion is with a trained eye and with a jeweler's loop or a microscope. These are the type of quality diamonds, investment-grade diamonds, that we bring to our clients. The number one eight seven seven eight silver You want to see the collection, go to guildhalldiamonds.com. Jeremy. A couple of those diamonds that sold, one, is, one will go up to the site uh, this week. Two of those diamonds were actually sneak peek diamonds that we send out to our collectors at Guildhall. One in particular was a 0.25 Fancy Deep VVS one. Mm. And it's important to understand with pink diamonds that little things make big, big differences when it comes to pink diamonds. So to go from a VS to a VVS is absolutely huge. This diamond in particular, this pink deep diamond is, is uh has a very much like a, a, a red wine look about it, a cherry color look about it, but not a woodsy kind of uh, reddish tinge because it's a pink, a deep pink diamond. The other one was uh, a, a fancy pink. It was a pear, a pear, again, in the 0.26 range, beautiful diamond that we sold. And then there was a 0.34 intense argyle. This was an emerald cut. Now, uh, sometimes with the, the VS... You, you can see an inclusion here or there if it's an emerald cut because an emerald cut shows every any everything it's got fewer it's facets just, right? yeah there's no no facets to hide anything but even then they're stunning to look at and this one that sold uh, and congratulations to the client is literally a watermelon pink color so when we look at other stones as well um, in our collection uh, we probably have the largest collection of internally flawless this means no inclusions uh, of yellow diamonds in Throughout the world, um, I often get comments from uh, other dealers and some of our partners that we partner with on these stones. For fancy, intense, and vivid, these are the three different grades. These are the type of stones in internally flawless that increase in value. The fancies maybe go up from 6 to 12% a year, and intense will increase anywhere from 10 to 20 percent a year it all depends on the size of the stone and vivids uh, at the moment are going up as much as 20 to 35 percent a year again according to the size of the stone now we belong to the colored diamond research foundation and we're pulling up reports now on diamonds especially the two carat three carat yellows one and a half carat yellows and we're finding out that the quality of diamond that we purchase for our clients you know, in some cases, there's only eight, six, eight diamonds a year cut and polished of this quality throughout the world. So what we what we bring to our clients is an incredible collection of our knowledge of going out, bringing back to our clients the best color. It's important. Color is the first thing we look at on a natural fancy color diamond. Is the diamond evenly saturated? Um, that's what we look for. We look for the clarity, which is really important, but the cut. When you cut a diamond and you cut it correctly, the colors that fly off the diamond is incredible. The sparkle, and this is what we look for in a diamond. The carrot weight is also important. We only sell yellows over a carrot. Pinks come in smaller. They come. We sell basically a quarter of a carrot and up because they come out of the mine, small diamonds. You know, to buy a pink today, 5, 10 carat, you're going to pay... 10 15 million dollars for so what we try to do is pick the best of the best in smaller diamonds and make it affordable for you to buy if you're looking to retire if you're looking to put your kids through university you know to hold a natural fancy color diamond for 10 15 years you're going to do incredibly well especially on the argyle especially on the vivid ifs you're going to get a terrific return jeremy you guys got anything else coming to the collection soon Yes, actually, this is a. We've got a diamond coming to the collection. It's um, just over one and a half carat, vivid yellow, which is great for us because a lot of our yellows are either just at the one carat mark or over two carats. So this really uh, fits in the middle there nicely. It's a VVS 
quality diamond. And what's great about a diamond like this is it's going to be selling for about 60000 on the website. And a diamond like this, if you were to have bought it, say, five or six years ago, you would have been paying about 35000 Canadian taxes included. So a diamond like this going out in the next five, six years or 10 years, you're going to be well over 80000 in our opinion, as long as the market continues this mm-hmm. way. And this is a market that's been incredibly steady over the decades. We're talking savings and loan crisis, uh, 2008 debacle, uh, um, the the dot-com bubble. Uh, this, this market Colored Diamonds has seen it all and continue to rise through it all. And the reason is rarity. If you can only find, you know, 10 diamonds like this throughout the globe on an annual basis, you're in a rare, rare area in terms of collectibles. And this is what we're striving for. So we'll, we'll put an email out for that. It, we also put a featured diamond every week on the Precious Metal Advisor so that our clients can see the colored diamonds that we have in our collection. But take a look at this one coming up. It's a one and a, just over one and a half carat vivid yellow VVS quality. Yeah, it's a 158 carat. It's an incredible, the color of the stone, the scintillation, the fire that comes off of this diamond is absolutely incredible. We have one of the largest selections of internally flawless, but there is absolutely nothing wrong in a VVS1, a VS1 color diamond. The only difference is you're paying maybe 5% less on price for that quality, but it's all about the color. There's there's that diamond that Jeremy just spoke about, the 158. It's a vivid, it's a VVS1. We have a diamond of the week that's going out actually on the Precious Metal Advisor this week. It's a 102, it's an emerald cut vivid, and it's a VS. This stone is, I I bought it actually at the JCK show in Las Vegas in June. Um, I just fell in love with the color, and because it's an emerald cut, it is just the most incredible stone. Um, We're putting it out on this week's Precious Metal Advisor. This is a stone that, in my opinion, is going to increase in value over the next five years. It could easily double uh, this type of quality. One eight seven seven eight silver and guildhalldiamonds.com. Darren. Well, listen, both Jeremy and Paul have made incredible points about the value of owning the diamond uh, of your choice. Quite often when I have clients come to the, often, to the office and sit and take a look at how beautiful a diamond is, it speaks to them. They choose the one. So even though their mind was set on buying, let's say, in the price range of an intense yellow, internally flawless, they come in and they see a Vivid that just rings out to them and it just calls them and they'll end up buying a Vivid. And, and sometimes a yellow buyer will walk away with a pink because they love it. We don't really have to talk to them too much about what they want because they usually know by the time they get in there and get ed- educated about what it is they're doing, how this is going to add value to the portfolio. Now, that being said, whether you're a person who likes to wear a diamond, whether you're a person who wants to buy it as a gift, or whether you're a person who just puts it away, stores it for a rainy day, and brings it back to mark a milestone like the graduation or the onset of college or you know a new home purchase or a marriage or retirement, it's just understanding what value you can get from a colored diamond over the long term. And the longer you hold that colored stone, the more value you get. And that's just something that has become part of the mainstay of honing, owning um, a colored diamond and also with gold and silver too. So this is an awesome opportunity for that. And we're finding as well a lot of uh, newly engaged couples are now turning to a natural fancy colored diamond mm-hmm. as the engagement ring of choice. Now, we start off around about $14,000 for an internally flawless fancy yellow stone, incredible stones. This is the type of investment that will increase in value. We're running an ad right now on uh, AM640 from anywhere from 6 to 15% a year. White diamonds do not go up in value. They are an impulse item. And normally when you go into a jeweler, you will not see internally flawless. You will see VS, SI1, SI2. They are the lower range in quality G and H. And you're looking at around about ten, eight to ten thousand dollars for a stone that, in actual fact, as you walk out of the store, you couldn't take it back in the store and get half the price you paid for it. 
Um, they do not increase in value. The only white diamonds that will go up in value is D quality over a carat, triple X, which means the cut is excellent, the clarity is excellent, and the symmetry is excellent. And you're not going to find that in a local jewelry store or even in even the best jewelry stores unless you're going to pay two arms and two legs for it because they start off around about 27000 a carat. So that's for a white stone. So to get into a yellow, fancy, internally flawless, whether it's a cushion, whether it's a radiant, we can help design the ring. We have a terrific designer that will make any ring for you of any style, any design. If you have an idea, you can bring a magazine, and we will make that ring for you at an incredible price that you will be happy for the rest of your life. Should mention Jeremy as well. I mean, you guys talk a lot about this uh, already, but you have a diamond expert on staff too, right? We do. We've got a diamond grading expert on staff, um, GIA alum, and essentially what this does for Guildhall, and this is why it's very important when you're buying a natural fancy colored diamond that you're making sure that the, the company you're dealing with, A, is a member of some of these very important associations like the FCRF, the Fancy Color Research Foundation, or the NCDIA, the Natural Colored Diamond um, Institute of America, and also as a GIA uh, grading graduate on staff. The importance of these things show that, that also BBB, um, making sure that the, the company you're dealing with has the approval of the industry. There's a lot of companies that come along that, um, and one of the biggest reasons is because for us, value and rarity is represented by the cost of the diamond. But there are a lot of companies that will inflate the cost and say that's because it's rare. But that's not the case. It's important to educate your clients. And having GIA alum on staff means that a good third of the curriculum at Gemology Institute of America is all about ethics. And if you haven't even been to GIA, then how could you possibly know, even have a sense of what those ethics are? And it's so important when you're dealing in, in jewelry and dealing in colored diamonds and it's a big focus of what Guildhall does in general, which is education, education, education. We want educated buyers. They understand what they're uh, involved in. They understand what the timeline is. They understand the rarity of the diamond. We encourage everyone to come to Guildhall, set up an appointment, and learn all that you can about natural fancy colored diamonds because we know that you're going to love what you see about natural fancy colored diamonds. And here's, here's a, a first lesson. Go and try to find a colored diamond. Go to your local mall and look at the jewelry stores and see how many colored diamonds are available right now today and see what the quality is of those colored diamonds at the same time. You know, maybe you go in, have your, have your ring cleaned or whatnot, and see what colored diamonds are available and, and just get a sense of how much is actually out there. And then start to think about Guildhall in terms of their yellow diamonds and the fact that we sell internally flawless and not VS quality. We'll take a quick Cut. break and we'll... Sorry. Yeah, let me just finish that right. point. VS quality. In terms of fancy and intense, the only time we break that rule at Guildhall is obviously on the vivid yellows because that's a more rare diamond. And so the difference between an IF and a VS and vivid is only 5%, as Paul mentioned. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. We'll take a quick break and get back into our discussion heavily in RSPs and how you can use your registered accounts to start investing and getting physical metal into those accounts after a quick break. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM640. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. We mentioned it uh, off the top, Darren, a few segments back, but RSPs, this is huge, especially this time of year, how you can use precious metals to max out those RSPs. Yeah. You can, and absolutely important to understand that there are numerous situations in which many investors feel they don't qualify for getting bullion of you know, gold or silver types into these registered accounts. If you have an existing registered account of any type, you are eligible you may, in fact, be able to just take what you have at another bank, another institution, and move it over to Guildhall with Questrade. And it usually, in 99% of the cases, isn't trouble at all to do it. We have a very experienced team in-house and a couple of professionals that are dedicated to doing the Questrade transfer. It's not something that takes a lot of time, maybe 15, 20 minutes of your time. 
And of course, we'll hand, we'll hold your hand every step of the way, right from the beginning of starting an account, getting it open, going online, logging in, and then of course, advancing your knowledge as you become comfortable with viewing your dashboard and seeing your up-to-date statistics on the gold and silver you're holding. All of that can be done. And, and whether you have a Lira or you're close to retirement, you need to take an RRSP and do something different with it, or whether you have a locked-in spousal RSP, locked-in RSP, whether you have uh, a need for an RESP for the kids, which is a brilliant way to hold gold and silver, at least certainly something that I do, and I think that a lot of people are uh, adding to their portfolios, whether or not you need a RIF or a LIF. Uh, of course, these are all questions you'll need to ask when you call in, but uh, make no mistake about it. We can take an existing RRSP and even devote a portion of it, of its value, over to gold and silver. Uh, TFSAs, you have $46,500 beyond the age of 25 that you can contribute to the TFSA as of 2016. It'll expand next year. And of course, uh, when you're talking about gold and silver, you want to talk about the reasons to hold it. And we talked about in the first segment and the second segment about a few things that have been on our minds and certainly over the course of the last little while. But here's yet another article from Bank of America, an article written uh, on a website called Value Walk by Rupert Hargraves. And it was uh, written October the 20th in the business section, and it is entitled Bank of America, Dump Stocks by Real Assets. And that is, according to Bank of America's uh, strategist, chief uh, investment strategist, Michael Hartnett, uh, the course of action he's recommending that the investors take. And he's saying that according to Hartnett and team, the case for purchase of real assets has never been stronger. Since the great financial crisis, action by central banks has pushed up the prices of financial assets to the stage where they are more expensive in relative terms than any other point in history. And in this case, history means dating back to 1926 when that data started to be collected. The ratio of U.S. stocks to U.S. house prices is a perfect example of this trend. U.S. stocks are very close to all-time highs versus U.S. house prices. The all-time high was set in the past year or so in stocks and now are more expensive compared to U.S. home prices than they were in the dot-com bubble. So this is telling us that we are experiencing a moment of flux here. And if you're ahead of the curve and you're a little bit astute as an investor, you don't have to be an everyday watcher of the markets. You don't have to be uh, you know, putting a crazy amount of computer technology into your house to be able to keep track of this. This is just something that you need to be ahead of. And in terms of holding gold and silver, I can think of no better way of ensuring your portfolio while giving yourself a true opportunity to advance your wealth uh, during these particular moments in time. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, what do you think? I, I think that um, we're very happy that we've created an investment vehicle for people interested in holding physical hard assets, and that is the physical precious metal RSP. Hold physical precious metals in your RSP, TFSA, locked-in RSP, LIF, RIF, or even your RESP. And if you have any questions about that, uh, you know, uncertain about some things in, in terms of seeing if you're qualified for that, feel free to touch base with us at Guildhall and we'll be more than happy to walk you through doing that. Because one of the biggest questions is, is can we take an existing RSP and transfer that over without any penalties? And the answer is absolutely yes. You are allowed to transfer RSPs from existing institutions over to our type of accounts with Questrade to be able to purchase physical RS, physical gold and silver in your RSP. And here's why people are really, really loving this investment. The first is because they're actually buying physical gold and silver, and they know that that physical gold and silver is their product. How do they know that? Because they're receiving serial numbers in an itemized inventory report that has clearly stated their name on it, and they even have access to the vault to go and personally audit their product. It's funny, uh, while I was driving with Darren today, he was showing me some pictures of clients that went to visit their RSP and TFSA with their holdings. So at through Questrade and through IDS, they pull out the, the skid of all their product, they tick off every single item they have, and you know this customer, 
couple actually had significant holding in gold and silver, and it was laid out. And there was a couple of pictures, and it's just incredible of what this product looks like. They got to hold, touch, and feel their product. And this is all a part a part of the idea that investors want confidence. They want to know that what they have is secure, that it's theirs, and that there's no counterparty risk. There could be a stock market crash tomorrow, and just as they said in that article, that gold will be gold. It will still be there. It won't disappear overnight, which could happen to some banks. You know, we're watching the Deutsche Bank um, debacle pretty closely, and things could un- unravel very quickly in this environment where money's being created out of nowhere, debts are exploding, interest rates are low, which has, instead of, and this is what I, I used to like about Mark Carney, he'd say, okay, we're going to lower interest rates, but we don't want you to go spend all your money. We need you to pay off your debts. But now what's happening is lower lower interest rates, fantastic. Let's borrow more, right? And let's let's punish the savers. And let's say savers are wackos for, for even wanting to save. No, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with being responsible. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I want to have some physical gold in my holdings so that I'm protected. And if you look at the gains that we've been talking about since 1971, gold is up 3,471% or 77% a year. Or if you look at what Darren was talking about in the last 10 years, it's up over 300%. It is doing its job. So are, so are natural fancy colored diamonds. But with the RSP, clients are, are, are enjoying this product because they get to hold their own physical product in an RSP. They know it's their product because they get the distinct serial numbers. They can go to the vault. It's as in this market, if you can't if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And it's as simple as that. And that's why people are choosing the Guildhall physical RSP. And this is why central banks are plus buyers of gold. It's it's money. They know it's money and they're buying, they're on the plus side. I'm just, you know, just reading while we're kind of doing the end of the show. You know, the the, the debt of the U.S. government is close to $20 trillion. It's it's actually doubled in seven and almost eight years since Obama's been president of the U.S. I'm looking at 2014 to 2015, Canada's debt to GDP is 89.1%. You know, that is not good. That is not good. $20 trillion in debt cannot be paid back. The only way you can pay it back is have a war. You can't pay it back. There's not enough revenue coming through the door to to pay that. And there is more benefits going out than anything coming in. And if you think about it, that's a very strong point to finish on because those debts have to be dealt with in some way. They're either going to be defaulted on or they're going to be paid off. And the question is, is who's going to suffer as a result? Look at Greece. Who suffered as a result of the debt burden that was given to them by the banks? They didn't create that just on their own. So it's important to think about who is going to be responsible to pay off these debts and how do you make sure that you can avoid being taking on someone else's burden by holding physical gold. And with that, you know what? Get into Guildhall, go to the website, find out more about owning gold and silver, listen to The Real Money Show and backdated copies of The Real Money Show and give us a call today to get some gold and silver and colored diamonds into your portfolio. one eight seven seven eight silver the number, and guildhallwealth.com. Till next time, The Real Money Show, talk radio, AM640.